0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Yeah. Southern Miss Black Ops. tailgate okay, legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanklop. But the reality is... They
1: don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot.
0: Ooh, what's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to the top talk presented by BetUS here with your break from all of the high resource propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports bettors and BetUS has all of your NCAA, NBA, NHL UFC, PGA and yes NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log into bet, BetUS.com or call 800-792- 3887 that's 800-792 Bet US. Bet US for 125% bonuses when you use our promo code TTTT125. TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kicked off. Kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. So this is Jamie Arrington. I am currently out of town on a work trip staying with my family here in southern california shout out to the errington residents had a great time out here but i was not able to be at the rock this weekend i caught some of the game the golden eagle's coming away with the victory i'm going to hand it off to my two co-hosts to tell you all about it here they are now the wizard of whiskey shane lot himself and southern miss black ops tailgate legend jason bailey take it away
2: Greetings and salutations, everyone. Uh, Jamie isn't here today. He's uh, slumming it up out there in California all week, Uh, so Shane and I have the honors. Um, So let me introduce the Wizard of Whiskey himself, shelf, Mr. Shane Lott.
3: Man, this one's tight. Ah. (laughs) That, man, needed some channel locks or something to get that thing out of there. Nice, man. It's been a little while since I've been in this bottle.
2: Yeah. So 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 what, I know you're gonna recap it at the end, but what you just uh, what you just thump right there?
3: Uh, that was a Rebel Yell 10 year single barrel. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty tasty whiskey. I hadn't hadn't been into it in a in a little while, so I saw it sitting in the back of the cabinet, kind of peeking up over the the other bottles, and it was like, hey man, don't forget about me. I'm back here. I taste good too. Yeah,
2: I had a uh, you know, I'm not a huge whiskey guy. I do have a Gold Rush open right here, and I had just very little bit of some Sailor Jerry uh, left over, so I have it in the uh, on deck circle
3: right there i'm a big fan of sailor jerry we uh try to keep a bottle at the house uh one of my best friends dan williams uh southern miss alumni uh that was his go-to drink in college was sailor and diet so um he got Catherine hooked on that and we always have sailor in the house
2: so i'm talking about um so we had a great time last weekend uh, and we've given away a bunch of tickets this year we became like a ticket hub (laughs) Which is great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we have a decent reach, and um, uh, I love that p- people are actually listening to it and following along on social. Um, we're actually going to have another one uh, today. I, I got I got word from uh, from our good friend Chad Dickens. He's he's a, he's coming to the game. He had two tickets that uh, he wanted us to try to give away. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of parlay that into um, uh, off of my wife's website. So you're going to have to go over to Katie Bailey Realtor with Dunbar Real Estate on Facebook. And she'll have the thing. It's like a like and share deal and all that. But uh, either way, there's two tickets that are going to be given out. I'm sure we'll tweet it out and uh, put it out on social through To The Top Talk uh, and all the platforms there as well. But uh, thank you very much, Chad. And my wife really needs some likes on her real estate page because she's decided to give this thing a full go. So shameless plug there. But go and check <laughs> her out. Hey, man, housing market's hot. You know, it really yeah, no is. Doubt. People are buying everywhere. Um, she's just like, it's what she loves to do. Um, she's good my at it. Team Katie. Yeah. So, uh, so go over there, check it out and, um, give her, give her a call.
3: You can, I can give hey. my
2: wife a phone number out on the air. <laughs>
3: uh, I don't know if that's a wise decision, <laughs> but I mean, you go for that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of shenanigans take place amongst, uh, our fan base so, you know, or any really, yeah, I mean, you I start throwing. I mean, she, she
2: could, uh, she could totally hate this idea. I have no idea.
3: <laughs> have um, you pitched this to her yet? A
2: little bit little bit uh <laughs> she does know that we that we're tickets on the way uh from
3: chad i'm not sure if she knows about all the extracurriculars here but so uh, you said chad was going to the game are mm-hmm. the seats with chad the seats are not with chad oh well that's disappointing <laughs> but chad's always around okay
2: so just follow the fireball
3: <laughs> so anyway man um,
2: enough about that uh so you know last week was great, right um Played Grambling. You know, Grambling comes in. It, it was it was a game that I, I think that most Southern Miss fans would like to think that I mean, this is the kind of team that you should have no problems with. But we all saw a few years ago when Alcorn came into the Rock and gave us fits, and near about won that game. Um, so, and then as bad as we looked playing uh, in the first game versus USA. I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibility that we were going to look bad again, um, but we came out and dominated 37 to nothing. So just your initial thoughts. What was your, uh, what'd you think about the game?
3: You know, i try I tried to keep perspective on this. Um, Grambling plays in, in the next lower division of college football. Good FCS teams all the time beat teams in the FBS division. Uh, we just saw Jacksonville State, beat Florida State in Tallahassee Saturday sure. night uh wilds. So, I mean, and that seems to be happening with more and more frequency. I think now it's up to seven or eight FCS teams have beat FBS teams this year. Um and we're two weeks into the season. So uh there's there's not as big of a gap between upper FCS and mid-tier and lower FBS as there used to be. I mean, you've got teams out there like North Dakota State and James Madison and, and teams like that. Uh, there's Sam Houston in there. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a few I'm leaving out, but I don't think anybody really wants to go toe-to-toe with those guys very often. I mean, there, there's always a chance that you're going to lose that game. So, you know, all that said, Grambling is not one of those top teams, but Grambling is usually a respectable team uh, in the FCS. Um, so I I do try to keep, uh, that in mind that it it wasn't the caliber opponent that we'll be seeing for the most part for the remainder of the season. I mean, we've got, I think we play FIU at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I'll put them in that category, but, uh, we looked good. You know, there were still mistakes. Uh, offense was, was a little slow getting going. Um, but you know, we looked sharp. Defense was really impressive. No matter who you play, in college football, even if it is an FCS team, a sh- uh, shutout is impressive. And not only did our, the defense shut them out, they didn't allow them into the red zone all night. Mm. I mean, that's that's crazy. So uh, the the amount of of rushing yards allowed was uh, crazy low. Uh, and I, you know the defense was a bright spot for me. Um, you know we'll we'll get into the the changing quarterback or the necessary changing quarterback because of. Trey Lowe's injury a little more, I'm sure, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, that was big news out of the game mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, just uh, exciting times. So yeah. It was a fun weekend. It was nice to win a football game uh, convincingly and uh, and have some some fun stuff to talk about the next week.
2: Yeah, you know, and I'll take it back uh, just from just, you know, it's been a while since we've tailgated. And, um, and it was just nice getting back out there um it was nice uh it was nice getting you know the the same people it seems like every season with uh with with southern miss athletics i have like the people that i sit with at baseball games and then when 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 uh you know the basketball rolls around i got the same people it's like everybody just keeps their same season tickets so you got like a little bitty different family (laughs) you know everywhere (laughs) you go and we even have like a tailgate portion of that so getting to see like matt and jamie and donnie and um and, and Johnny out there, uh, tailgating right next to us. The Rogers clan was back out. Um, nice. everybody was kind of having a hard time, uh, figuring out, did we put our tent here? Wait a minute. Does this leg go up first? This, you know, like <laughs> all that stuff. Where's the plug? Are, are we going to run a fan? Um, so you kind we kind of had to get back in the swing of things a little bit, but it was good seeing that. It was good, uh, being back on campus, even though I live right here. It's just, it's just a different thing, uh, when, when it's game day at the rock and, um, I tell you what man this this new spirit park deal they got going on even though it's really far away from where we're located which kind of works out okay with me right now because uh there's you know w- with some young kids running around you don't need to Stay that, off my lawn. Yeah, well, yeah I mean you don't need to be it? uh you know like well, like the district was for the <laughs> no, longest I'm, time, right?
3: It's just I know where you're
0: going. It's just how it is. You don't it want is. it to be crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, you have Jack running around. So
2: that being said, we we did make our way uh, across campus um, in time for the Adam Doliak show. Ooh. He killed it. Um, and I tell you what, man, w- when I walked around the back side of the union right there, or the back side of the stadium uh, near the union, and came out uh, kind of about a third of the way through the Spirit Park area, dude, <laughs> I mean, it was like it, it, if our section over there was kind of like the family spot, uh, this section over here was like Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> just as far as you can see, they had it really well done. Big screens, food trucks everywhere. Um, and definitely a student section. Um, we did not walk through that. I just told Jack, Hey, hang on to my hand.
1: <laughs> We're walking this <laughs>
2: way. Uh, went over to Junior Eagle Funland. Um and it was just it was just so great. Uh the, the atmosphere is probably it was one of the better atmospheres that I remember. And that's saying a whole lot from you know, from going through so many game days at The Rock that we have, you know, in the last 20 plus years.
3: Yeah, you mix uh, a little bit of excitement and hope with a good amount of alcohol and food, and it sounds like (laughs) a great day to me. I mean, you got Doliak playing live music there. Uh, Everything that I have seen and heard about Spirit Park and the whole setup over there was glowingly positive. Uh, I don't really think I, I saw anybody mention anything that they didn't like about that setup. They, you know, like you said, the food trucks and everything was kind of centralized. Everybody was there together. They brought the students, you know, from the district uh, over and just a, a large crowd just buzzing with energy. So uh, I love to see it. Uh, I hope by the time uh, I get to make a game in person towards the end of the season, that energy is just two, three fold because there's that many more people there because we're we're in the middle of it and on a roll.
2: Right. There's one thing that I would uh, like to suggest, which nobody that's going to make those decisions is going to listen to this. But um, so the Dolly Act show went from three to four. Right. Mm-hmm. Eagle Walk starts at four. That's a pretty good hike from the Spirit Park area to where we set up for Eagle Walk. Right. Yeah. And it can, I think everybody was kind of in the same boat. So I'll leave the concert just a, just a hair early, maybe like 10, 15 minutes early. By the time we got to our spot, uh, the cannon went off, and we made it in time. But everybody—you can see everybody—kind of just scurrying their way up there, you know, trying to get there at the last minute. So as the coaches were walking by, I, I told them, "Say, hey, look, this is—you're in the—you're in the family section here. It's you know, it's—it's it's about to get crazy around the corner. The the baseball guys were gone. we down there. I saw uh, Aubrey Gillantine and, um, and and that whole crew, even some basketball guys." Just uh just just living it up, man, when the when the coaches came by. Just like they did used to do with Munkin, remember? Yeah. Um it was great. So it was cool, man. The whole day was awesome. But getting to the actual game, um curious to hear your thoughts on this. I mean Sutter Miss just ran the ball like crazy, two hundred and ninety total rushing yards. That comes out to five point nine uh, yards per attempt. You can win a lot of games doing that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um yeah, only hundred and forty nine yards uh passing, but you know, Who cares, (laughs) right? (laughs) Threw two touchdown passes. Um, Brownlee got in the action on one of them, so we wanted to see him get some, some things going. So, I mean, you know, the offense looked good and you, and you kind of led into it a little while ago, but the first half, Trey Lowe played, um, very efficient, 10 of 13, 99 yards and one TD, that, that TD to Jason Brownlee. Um, and then, and then you just, just looking at the stats here, it, it, it doesn't really show how I felt. But Ty Keyes comes in the second half uh four of 11 50 yards one Td and andy fumbled so you look at those two lines right there just written on the paper and you think well they're gonna need trey low back in the game but I didn't get that feeling uh I don't know how I came across on TV once Ty keys entered the game it, everything changed I think the lights worked better once Ty <laughs> Keyes came in the game the defense played better uh it was he's he's a different kind of uh athlete out there and and, you know, I, I can't wait to watch more of them.
3: You know, you, you said even the it was a little, little better. Uh, it's funny now that I think back because in the first half I was texting you and I was complaining that uh, like the main cameras they used for the video feed were fine. The picture was great. It was, you know, crystal clear, high def, nice color tones, lighting. But there were a, they kept switching to like a couple of sideline cameras and then one that was somewhere else. And it almost gave me motion sickness because the camera guys were moving around a little bit. And like one of them looked like somebody had like uh, eaten uh, a greasy hamburger and then used the lens to wipe their hand off on it. Uh, it was <laughs> it, it was it was rough. I was like, why do you keep switching to that camera? It looks like <laughs> foggy grease. You can't see anything from it. But uh, I don't remember that happening in the second half. So you may be on to something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, I, I don't know if, if our offensive line got better and gelled better as the game went on or if they started to wear down Grambling's defensive line. But uh, the offensive line seemed to perform a little bit better in the second half, opened up some more uh, holes uh, to run the ball and things like that. But uh, I, I thought the the team improved as we went on. You, you talked about the, the great rushing game we had. You know, Frank Gore Jr. broke up, you know, very long run. Uh, Richard looked great out there. Uh, it, it looks like we may have a legitimate two headed monster. And, uh, the crazy thing about it is they're both freshmen and sure. they both look really good already. So can you imagine not, not even thinking about other guys that may be recruited and come along the way, but, uh, Gore and Richard are two hell of a uh, horses to hit your wagon to mm-hmm. um i'll take that any day of the week i think if those two guys can stay healthy they're dangerous as a combo well um, and
2: and also i think that uh you know and this is going to be an episode of me just fawning all over tykes uh but <laughs> i think i think some of that had to do with ty as well i mean you make a good point with possibly wearing down grambling a little bit but um you know, it's it's like they have something else to worry about. I don't think you have to worry yeah. about that aspect of it. Um, that's another runner in the backfield that you have to account for. Um, so maybe you know that that loosens up the whole like an, another half step, right? And a half step's all that Frank and and Deshawn need. Because what what did Frank have in the first half? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say around fifty or sixty yards. He ended up with one sixty-two. Um, yeah. So probably had a hundred yards in the second half. Um, some of that might've had to do with the wearing down, but I, I think a lot had to do with, with keys just being in the game yeah, and, and, and Rashard looked every bit as good as Frank Gore. I thought.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, I hadn't even gotten into keys yet because I feel like I may spend an hour running my mouth about, uh, him and, <laughs> and just the change to the team. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's good that we can talk this long and, and hadn't really got into how he performed because there were a lot of other good things to talk about. Um, but absolutely. Uh, uh, look, I'm Trey Lowe shows number one fan. I still believe in Trey Lowe. But if Ty Keys is the quarterback going forward, uh, you know, I, I feel like there may be some bumps along the way, uh, because <clears throat> just of learning the playbook and, and inexperience. But man, what an upside that kid has. And mm-hmm. you can tell already that's, I mean, like, like a, a, a young Reggie Collier. I mean, just. He moves wow. so fluid and smooth. Um, and I'm not saying that he that he is Reggie. Uh, Reggie is a legitimate goat. I mean, he, if he he was well before his time, he was an absolute animal. And Reggie was a big, big, big guy, mm-hmm. um, which. Uh, really surprised me. I, I guess I hadn't really paid attention to like pictures and videos from practice and stuff, but he's hitting a little dude to be a freshman. Um, you know, he's, he's got some heights to him. He can definitely add some muscle mass, but he's not some big frail looking freshman out there. Uh, the, the guy can move. He's quick. And when your quarterback can take off and bust a 20, 30 yard run, Man, does that add something that the defense has got to right. you know keep up with? And his arm didn't look bad. He made some no. great throws. Yes, there were, there are two plays. Uh, I think
2: you might be mentioning both of them right there, actually. But that two plays that stick out in my mind. Um, one, uh, I was up in the East Club and we were going right to left. So it must have been a third quarter. Um, uh, it, it, it might have been a marginal snap or something like that. The defensive. Uh, player came through the line and keys just took off like a rocket and was gone he was 25 yards down the field before he even blinked um, that's something that we haven't seen in a while um, so that was that was nice to see and just eye-opening for me really the second thing you mentioned yeah. keys arm I was back in my spot in the end zone and we were going away from us so he was running uh, to his left I don't know if you remember this player now he's running he's scrambling out of the pocket to his left and hits, I want to say, Casting on an absolute laser beam. <laughs> they right, right on the sidelines. Yes. Uh, I mean, like an NFL-type throw. And yeah. um, those two plays right there, you, you mentioned the upside. And he, he – don't get me wrong. He's going to have some games where we're going to be like, what the hell is he thinking? <laughs> I mean, if he does continue to play this year, which after anybody He just remembered that, he's
3: an 18-year-old kid.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some games where you're like – you threw three picks and you fumbled once, you know, like, what the hell are you thinking? But, uh, but I think there's also going to be some games where you just sit back and go, we had zero chance of winning that without him playing. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, the first game of the year, and and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment here, which I kind of am. Uh, but <laughs> if Tyke's plays that entire first game,
3: do we only score seven points? You know, probably not, but, you can't blame the reason we only scored 7 points on low either. Uh I mean, uh one of them was a, a fumbled snap on a, you know, a fourth down attempt there at, at the, in the red zone so you you can shift some blame there but the the muffed punt and uh the uh the other fumble down there you can't really blame on him. So, you know, it, it's tough to say uh, but probably not, probably not. sure. and and again, I'm glad we have both of these guys on the team and and we've yeah. only seen one half football,
2: you know uh, out of tie. Uh, it, it, but <laughs> like we mentioned before, the numbers weren't even good. and he looked awesome, okay? It just is what it is. I mean every I hadn't met anybody yet that said, well, you know, I didn't think he played that good. <laughs> it's
3: yeah. just impossible. Well, and, and you mentioned, you know, in his first drive, he, he went to pull a ball back from Gore and, and fumbled and lost it. But, uh, even Coach Hall touched on it in, in the post-game pressure, presser. And, and there was, uh, like you said, there was just an energy when he came in that was palpable.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: th- it wasn't like a, oh shit, the, the freshman quarterback's in and he's not ready. It was, uh, that was a mistake, but this kid has a swagger to him that is like, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. This don't hit the panic button, and it, 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 he he showed out. Uh, he you know could have had a better game. Uh, he could have got to you know practices the the starting quarterback coming in. Um, you know would have could have shoulda all over the place, but uh, for getting thrown into the fire, uh, I thought he performed admirably well
2: sure and you mentioned gore's rushing yards and, and dejan richard's rich rushing yards but tyke's added 67 yards uh himself with that uh with that one run we're talking about of uh, 25 yards right up the middle um receiving i thought looked a little better you know brownley got involved five catches with a touchdown caston who i hadn't really heard a whole lot about uh coming into this <laughs> I, I was really looking more forward to watching um bailey brown and um and brad dennis and then some of our tight ends catch the ball, but Caston is really stepping into, I mean, just a, a perfect, I mean, if Brownlee is the one, I would consider Caston the two, I think, or vice versa, I don't care. But, uh, they're both really good football players. And, you know, if they can both start producing in the game, I, I would have to think that that would, that, that would wreak havoc with, uh, coming up with a game plan on the opposite side of the ball.
3: I, I'm gonna have to be honest. I didn't know who, him uh, was <laughs> when he made that sideline catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I'd like to to look up his player profile. And then, you know, Baker uh, was calling the game with uh, with Dustin Allman. And he talked about him a little bit, about him being a transfer from Hines. And uh, I was like, all right. And then uh, the touchdown catch that he made later in the game, where he went up and just took the ball from the DB and then got his feet down uh, was an incredible catch, too. I mean, that's uh, coming out of nowhere and making some big catches in that game.
2: Sure. So in so offensively, uh, I think we, we saw, well, there was really nowhere to go but up after the first game and, honestly, after the first half of the second game. Uh, so I think we saw a spark there. The one thing that's kind of held itself together um, throughout the season so far, even only through two games, has been the defense. Defense held Grambling to 51 yards rushing and uh, 90 yards passing. So I thought that, you know, uh, Coach Armstrong and his group uh, really, really, uh, r- really, really held up well, you know, once again.
3: Yeah, man, and that Grambling had a, a little running back. Uh, he was a short guy, uh, kind of stocky, so I guess little is the, the wrong word there, but that cat could absolutely fly, and I was worried about him, and uh, so, you know, to hold the team to to 50-something rushing yards, I mean, it had to have been the couple of runs that that guy broke, uh, because once he got into open space, uh, there was 10 to 15 yards gone before you blinked. Uh, that that dude could move. Yeah, um,
2: also had an interception by Lacavius Daniel. Uh, he was kind of playing center field there, and I just read it the whole way and made a nice play. I thought Josh Carr looked good again. Um, Malik Shorts yeah. is, is just turning into this. Well, he led the team in tackles once again, so he's stepping right into that role. And really, I, I don't, I don't remember there being any big plays for Grambling at all.
3: Yeah, no. I mean, there were there were a couple of uh, when your big plays are you know like a 15 yard run, then that really speaks to what the defense limited <laughs> sure. you to. But I mean, that was really about it.
2: Mm -hmm, No doubt. And, you know, on another note, I'd like to give a shout out to the student section. Um, They showed up. The crowd was great anyway. Twenty five, a little over twenty five. And, you know, where we are right now, let's just be honest, uh, where we are is is kind of in a rebuild. And uh, with a new staff coming off a pretty embarrassing loss, playing a team that a lot of people don't come out to watch us play anyway. And to still have just north of twenty five. I thought was was a credit to the students. I thought it was a credit to um, uh, Brad Smith and, and the entire athletic department and the, and the things that they do, like with the Alumni Association, putting on that, that Friday night deal that where all the students ran on the field. and um,
3: Screaming eagles.
2: Okay, yeah. So I thought all that kind of ran together, and thank goodness we won because now they've got a taste of it. <laughs> uh, we all remember what that's like. There's nothing like being in that student section. When you're, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in college and and uh, you're seeing your your, you know, classmates out there just whooping ass on the football field and then get to put a letter on your chest like you did during that TCU game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now, man, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the entire crowd, but specifically the students, man, because they they filled up that entire lower section. I mean, just elbow to elbow, and um, yeah, it was nice
3: the The TV cameras didn't really pan up to give many crowd shots, so I, I didn't really know what to expect. But after seeing pictures from after the game of the student section, student section was packed like the good old days. At least on the lower level, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. There upper wasn't level, a lot on the upper level,
2: yeah, the upper level was a little bare. But you know, I, I'd say on that, on, on the uh, on the upper, I think both of the bottom levels uh, were ninety to one hundred percent full. Um, yeah. Upper level on the home side, probably 60%. Upper level, upper level on the uh, other side, you know, 15%, 20%. Not a, not a whole lot up there.
3: But and then and, end zone was packed. Um, so and it, was, look, it, was, it was good. People that are on Eagle Post, 25,000 is good attendance for a college football game these days. So, uh, I know we used to draw more back in the day, but like Jason said, where we are, in, in a rebuild mode where we'd have we've had a couple of periods of, of not great football in the last decade and we're coming out of that. But not only that, college, uh, our attendance is down across the board in college football. Uh, I was watching some games uh, this past weekend where, you know, it was big game teams and there were chunks of, of stadiums that were just barren. Mm-hmm. Um, East Carolina and South Carolina played in Greenville up here uh so east carolina is hosting an sec team you would think that that stadium would be packed to the rafters there were you you could have played your own football game in some of the empty (laughs) spots i mean so that's the reality of reality is uh that's i can't do a jay hobson's voice but i'll use his lines um the that's the reality of college football these days when everybody's got a 60 inch 4K TV in their living room and can watch 40 games. Just people aren't going to football games like they used to. Now that said, we get some wins under our belt and people will start showing back up because it's fun to be at a, at a good football game where your team wins and you're drinking some Southern Miss beers in the stadium. So Just be patient. We've got a great core group of fans that show up all the time. There was some bonus fans on top of that for this game, and the only way to keep them coming back and bringing their friends is winning football games, and then they go back and talk about how much fun they had. So patience, 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 patience is a reoccurring virtue. It will come. Keep going to the games. Keep bringing your friends. Keep drinking. Yes, and
2: and speaking of – Speaking of drinking, uh, I was going to go right into the good, bad, and what we need to work on this week. Um, and It's funny that you mentioned the Gold Rush beer right there because the first – I know this is a football thing. We're supposed to be talking about what we did good on the field, but good is good, <laughs> right? And uh, I'll tell you what is good is this dead gum uh, Southern Prohibition uh, Gold Rush. So I don't know if you saw this or not, but the home side of the stadium – sold completely through all the gold rush in the first half of the game last week
3: ben green you better get some fermenters full of gold rush boy <laughs> sounds like people are drinking it up
2: yeah so so that's my first good um do you have any uh do you have anything that you wrote down for the good section
3: beef nasty bunch hmm the nasty bunch showed up that's good
2: yeah you know and the thing about this defense is um when you think about the the great defenses of Southern Miss pass, uh, you know I, I think about a ton of huge plays, huge hits, huge things that would probably get you ejected <laughs> these days. <laughs> um, you know, seeing the guys like seeing Marchant and seeing Pat Sertan and just you know just lighting people up. This defense is like really good. It's uh, I, I was I was thinking about it earlier, and if this was if I was to make a golf analogy. I think it would be like if you got done playing the round and somebody said, Man, you played pretty good today. Would you end up shooting? And I said, I shot a 70. I'd say, Did you really? Because I'd never hit it 300 and something yards. I never made a 70 foot putt. Uh, you know, I had center of the green the whole day. I think that's the kind of defense that we have. Just very sound, um, in position. Tackling, I, I thought I thought that, that tackling was incredible. Uh, that I, and again, you know, I'm out there seven hours tailgating, and then go straight into watching the game and don't have the best seat in the world. But when when a, when a guy gets out in space, he goes down. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't remember a whole lot of missed tackles out uh, in that situation. Um, so it seems to me like like the defense is just playing very, very sound. Def- not a ton of picks, not a ton of sacks, but just at the end of the day, you, you you look at it and you go, damn, we hardly give up anything, you know? So that's that's kind of how I feel about our defense, which is which is kind of a weird compliment, but it's a compliment nonetheless.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I really think that's why we spent the bulk of the time talking about this game, talking about the offense, even though the defense was kind of the star of the show. Even sure, we scored 37 points, but the defense pitched a shutout. So, uh, and they're... Besides Daniels' pick, uh, they're in a couple of sacks. Uh, Carr, I believe, had a sack and a half. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Daniels had a really great open field tackle that, that saved a big chunk of yardage one time. But it was mostly just swarming to the ball, team tackling defense that just shut them down. Mm-hmm. They're just—it it was textbook football. There were a lot of times where it was like, man, that's a lot of eagles right there in on that tackle. Right, um, You're right. So it it wasn't like there was a guy or two that was really a star of the show. The whole defense played well. Mm-hmm.
2: No doubt. Um, so I guess we will go into. Uh, well, do you have any more goods? I have a couple more goods.
3: I do have one more good. That mm-hmm. was kind of quiet. I don't know. Did you thump right there? I did.
2: How about reloading? Well.
3: There, nice a little better deep yeah yeah well there's not a whole lot left in this bottle i'm, I'm trying to send it to <laughs> bottle heaven because uh, i need room for something else in my cabinet um but yeah it tends to happen when there's a lot of air in there you don't get as good of thumps <laughs> right so uh
2: so another what well, you're still thumping there i'm gonna give a uh we've already talked about spirit Park. that was one of my goods but um I, and we've already talked about this guy, too, but I have to mention him just one more time, just Tykes. Uh, there's, there's just a different gear uh, that we have when he's in the, maybe a different vehicle. It may not even be like a different gear. Just uh, he um, He's the real deal, and I can't wait to watch him play some more. Um, so I wanted to mention him in the good section, just in case we hadn't fawned over him uh,
3: too much already.
2: <laughs> I wanted to mention him one more time.
3: Yeah, I'm sure that there were a big crowd of Taylorsville folks uh, there at the game. And, you know, with him not being projected, projected to start, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of his people were were there just because it was his first college football game in Hattiesburg. And to uh, get to see him come in and just take over the second half and and be the talk of the town uh, has got to be nice.
2: Sure. And one last good. Uh, I got Briggs Bourgeois right here. Uh, he is lights out. He had three field goals. He missed one field goal, but that was from 50 and he had the distance. Uh, it looked Dude, good for a while. Dude, it was so close to Yes. yes. It, it was, it looked good for a while and kind of did that crazy knuckleball thing to the left at the end. But, um, that's a weapon to have. That's something you're going to need, uh, throughout the season. And it's, it's nice to see. And he's had the leg this whole time. Then he had that, he had the uh, yeah. quad thing. Uh, I believe last year. So that's not great for a kicker, having a quad issue. Um, but he looks back. He's kicking it harder than he ever has, I think. And uh, that, that that's gonna that's probably going to help us uh, win a few games down the road. So I just wanted, wanted to make sure I didn't leave out Briggs, for sure. Yeah, All right, I let's, think if
3: we can get Briggs, you know, 50-55 mm-hmm. and in, you've got a chance. Sure. Um, that... that you could tell he was just sick when the camera showed him when it, it hooked left there at the end because it, there was plenty of leg to mm-hmm. it.
2: No doubt. Okay, so let's go with bad. What do you have for bad?
3: Uh, Bad is that when your starting quarterback injures his foot on a time clock uh, play at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That's some, that's some good old – to the top magic right there for you I yes. mean, not that it didn't work out well in the end but uh even if keys wins the job you want to Trey low healthy to be there in case something happens um man what a what an unfortunate unfortunate injury hopefully it's not something serious and he bounces back pretty quick but yeah that's that's definitely not good so i'll label it bad
2: yeah, I had that I have that on on my bad as well. And to steal a line from our good friend Matt Rockwell, we were talking about, you know, if do you play low this next week? Uh do you start keys? And I'm kinda leaning towards keys, obviously. And he said, Man, you don't go from crutches to touches in a week. Yeah. I was like, "That's the best line I've ever heard." Definitely gonna use that. Um, but no, it's 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 horrible. It's, so so what exactly did happen? I mean, like just to, from where I was, it, it was not easy to tell. Um, so and
3: did, the the TV didn't know that it it happened really until after halftime and Tykes was in for a series. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not obvious. Uh, so they went back and and played uh, some clips, but it um, something happened on that kneel play to, ke- to get the clock rolling there at the end of the first half where when he came up, he had to be like helped off the field mm. um, and was just kind of hobbly. So uh, coach Hall called it a lower extremity injury. You would have to think it'd be an ankle or a foot sprain, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that, with, with him calling it lower, lower leg entry. Uh, um, so hopefully it's not a like a weird, high, he didn't roll his ankle and it's a high ankle sprain. Hopefully it's, some weird turf toe, or, or well, not even turf toe, because that can linger for a while too. Hopefully, it's something not serious, but it was serious enough to where you couldn't come back out. So who knows?
2: Sure, and, and make no mistake about it, we're going to need Trey Lowe to win some football games uh, this year at some point, even if you you have some packages available on either side of it. I, I think we got, I think we have some, you know, maybe short yardage, something like that, a big body. Uh, to come in, get that, get uh, get some yardage there. So you know, and anyway, Lowe Well, and he, he's the, still the starter right now. So it's yeah. never great when you're when you're you know your starting
3: quarterback goes down. So let's hope that he is uh running around in practice this week. The energy is different when Keys comes in, but that doesn't mean that Lowe's a bad quarterback. What was he? Ten of thirteen for ninety nine yards and a touchdown in the first half. Yes. Um, you know, Keys adds that other dynamic which. Lowe can run too. I don't think he's as fast as Keys is, and just as smooth. But he can run. And, and Hall has touched on that in in a post game presser. I don't know if it was the South Alabama or the Grambling. I believe it was South Alabama. But he was like, you know, Trey just didn't run like he does. He, you know, was more timid trying to get a, a few yards here, but he was like, he, he doesn't run like we've seen sure. him be able to run. So Trey's an athletic guy too. He, mm-hmm. he can grab the ball and run. He just hasn't been doing it in games for one reason or the other. And that may be one of the things that that's holding him back from the offense exploding while he's at the helm right. is that he's not taking those chances when he probably should.
2: Sure. No doubt. So we're hoping the best for Trey. Uh, another bad that I had, um, was uh, penalties and we looked at the numbers and seven penalties for 55 yards. Um, it, it's not the end of the world. I know a lot of the, uh, previous administrations teams we were at that hundred yard mark quite a bit. Um, but I, I, did see some false starts. I remember those happening. Uh, all these, uh, all of the penalties that I remember, um, seem correctable. Um, I, I don't remember a whole lot of extracurricular stuff after the play was over. Um, that type of things going on, but still, it's as far as you know, maybe cleaning up some things. I think you'd like to go to, through a game with less than seven penalties.
3: You know? Yeah, I mean, penalties are not ideal. You never want to give the other team free yards or take yards away from yourself and kill momentum. Um, you know, a a well disciplined team usually has very few penalties. Um, so not saying that we're an undisciplined team. We, we haven't shown those traits yet, but, uh, you want to minimize that. It, you never, never want to shoot yourself in the foot at the key point in the game. Luckily, this one was a 37 and nothing blowout and nothing really damaged us, but, uh, penalties definitely need to be worked on going forward. Uh, so I guess that is my things to work on and not necessarily bad.
2: Sure. Uh, and and leading so that kind of leads us right into the the work on and we did have more wide receiver uh, involvement in this game. The wide receivers caught ten caught ten balls.
0: Um,
2: so that's better. Uh, the first game, you know, we <laughs> we struggled there a little bit. Um, uh, second game looks like we got a little bit better. So as far as it looks like we are working on that. We mentioned Jason Brownlee getting into the action with five catches and the emergence of of Caston. Um, but, but still, you know, I, I think we have more weapons there. And I'd like to see those wide receivers get, uh, more and more involved, uh, as the season goes along.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's refreshing to not just be sitting here and bitching about watching 70 bubble screens <laughs> in a game. I'll tell you that though. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the, the bad with the good in this case, because there was a lot more good because, uh, you know, uh, me and you could have an 85, uh, completion percentage if we're throwing a bunch of two yard passes all day um yeah uh, uh,
2: that felt like a jab
3: it was um (laughs) it was i'm i'm not gonna throw any names out there everybody knows who i'm talking about i just uh, i'm i'm glad that we have other quarterbacks now sure um Yeah, I I don't know. I got completely sidetracked on that. I I didn't even know where I was going. There was a point to it. Well, I mean, as much as there's a point to anything I ever say. (laughs)
1: Um,
3: I got uh, one more work on that I have is uh, first half scoring
2: offense. Uh, So we scored seven points total in the first game. Those points came in the first half. Um, In in this game, you know, 10 to nothing at halftime is – Again, we're in a rebuild, and we're up ten to nothing at halftime. But still, especially against a team like like Troy coming up this weekend that has the ability to put up some points, um, definitely has the ability to to throw for a bunch of yards. I think that uh, getting on the board and not having to play from behind uh, is kind of a uh, is kind of a, a a thing that we we should we should well every team should want to do that. But in, in our situation, we have the ability to run the ball. And if we can get that first half scoring up a little bit, uh, I, I think that our team's going to be able to play with the lead. Maybe be a little bit better than being able to play from behind just because we lean so much on the running game. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. I also think something that plays into that too is we've, we've got a lot of youth and inexperience. So if, if you can jump out early and get a lead and score some points, that really builds some confidence. And then, uh, as the confidence builds, then those guys just perform better and better. Sure. Um, so it, you know, it, it's kind of uh, success breeding success there. Um, yeah.
2: No doubt. Well, the, and so we just we mentioned Troy. Um, so the, the Troy is the team that we play this week. Everybody should be somewhat familiar with them. Um, they've played two games this year, uh, and they've and they've won both of those games. They beat Southern University fifty five. No. Actually, they lost to Liberty. So they beat Southern University fifty-five to three. They lost to Liberty twenty-one to thirteen. We are familiar with three teams on there very well: um, in Liberty, Troy, and us. Uh, so, um, coached by Chip Lindsey, who of course was here back when uh, I believe he was Nick Mullins' high school coach, right? And then he yeah. came here to be the offensive coordinator. He's, yep. I mean, highly regarded across the country as one of the best offensive minds around. And, uh, you know, you look at the 2020 Troy Trojans ranked 21st nationally in passing yards per game. Uh, the offensive line only gave up nine sacks the entire year. So they've got a lot going on uh, offensively. We should be pretty familiar with a lot of the schemes that they run. But, um, you know, Troy's coming in here uh, favored. And um, thats it's, it's hard for me to fathom that sometimes. Just thinking of all the uh, the great Southern Miss teams that we've had, being a uh, more than a touchdown dog at the Rock to Troy, damn it, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but here we are. Troy's good. Uh, we're getting better. But um, what, what, what do you uh, what do you know about the uh, Troy Trojans?
3: Uh, i not a ton uh, other than I I did some looking back just at the games that they've played because uh, we got a small sample size. But what they've done this year uh, is going to give us as much information as we can gather at this point in time. One thing that I do want to throw in before we really get deep into the Troy talk is that, uh, you know, week one, you said they beat Southern University 55 to three. Uh, that same Southern University beat Grambling 49-7 to back in April when the FCS played in the spring. Um, so I know that was wow. spring and not fall. It's been several sure. months, but Southern absolutely steamrolled Grambling. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so just thought that was an interesting yes. note to throw in there for a common opponent. Um, and then uh, Troy's other opponent, Liberty, uh, their first game was against Campbell, uh, which I think we talked about last week a little bit. They're a small school here in North Carolina. Uh it's really amazing that they're a big enough school to field a football team. I've driven by their campus. Um it looks kinda like William Carey's coast campus. Um but uh yeah, I'm like, they've got a football team? But anyway, they do have a football team. I know they get, they're good in baseball. Is that the camels? Baseball, that is the camels. The Campbell Camels. Yeah, it's kinda it's like um I guess it's like southeast of Raleigh, kinda and not there's not a whole lot around there. I mean, it's not terribly far from here. It's within driving distance to Raleigh easily, but uh, it's it's kind of out there in, in farmland. Um, there's actually a town called Farmville uh, out in that area. <laughs> nice. Um, over towards Greenville. Farmville is not far from Greenville where East Carolina is. But uh, Liberty handled the Camels uh, back uh, week one, 48 to seven. But uh, I don't feel like that's a very good uh, measuring stick game for us to really gauge anything off of. Uh, I'm on my wrong note page here, uh, looking at volleyball and golf. Isn't going to tell us a whole lot about (laughs) Troy, but, uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, look really the, the game that we've got to go off of is, uh, is their matchup against Liberty this past weekend. And and that ended up pretty close game, uh, kind of a defensive struggle for the most part. Uh, Liberty ended up winning that one 21 to 13 at Troy. Um, it was really the story of Willis, the the Liberty quarterback that's Mr. All-Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he accounted for all three of their touchdowns, uh, two through the air, uh, ran. Uh, he was 13 for 18, 154 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 93 yards and a touchdown. So all 21 points, well, uh, 18 of the 21 points will give the specialists some love. Uh, 18 of the 21 points were scored by Willis, unless he comes in and does their place kicking, too. <laughs> um, he may, who knows?
2: Well, you know, um, it's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Willis. I was talking with our good buddy, uh, Jason Baker earlier and, um, and we, we, we were talking about the game and, and we we're talking about Ty and the person he brought up that reminds him or, or reminds, uh, uh, of Ty keys is Malik Willis. And if you think about that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It just, you know, crazy arm, crazy, uh, crazy quickness. Um, might throw a pick or two, right? Um, but yeah. but definitely is a difference maker back there. So, in, in getting prepped up for tonight, uh, it got me to thinking. Just that's, I mean, number one, they've already seen that, so I guess they've had uh, like the best scout team that you can have for somebody uh, like Ty. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they had problems, right? So that's good. And an- another thing that I like in our favor for this game is Troy. Uh, had only 21 yards rushing.
3: Yeah. Um on oh, 24 carries.
0: Yeah.
2: So that's kind of our defensive calling card right now.
3: I think is just
2: you know we're going to stop the run. Uh we're probably not going to give up any huge pass and plays. We, we even the ones we gave up versus South Alabama um it's not like they were uncovered,
3: right? We just got yeah. beat a little bit. So That guy's just an animal. Yeah.
0: I mean uh,
3: uh, I know his name is Colbert, but I want to call him toll bears it's so bad but um, toll bear is a beast I'm glad we don't have to face him again mm-hmm.
2: no doubt now Troy uh you know we mentioned chip Lindsay's pedigree earlier uh, they they did throw the ball a little bit through for just 211 yards but when uh when you don't have the ball that much um, it's you know it's, it's a it's, it's kind of hard to rack up just a ton of yards. Um, so, you know, I think they're going to come in and they're going to throw it. Uh, if I was, if I'm Chip Lindsey and I'm looking at, you know, a kind of a struggling running game at the moment, uh, coming into the rock this weekend versus a strong running defense, I would have to think that they would come out in some, some, some spread sets and, and just try to, you know, I don't know about nickel and dime us all the way down the field, but I don't think that they're planning on getting a lot of those yards, rushing wise so it it be interesting to see you know how on how uh austin armstrong counters that
3: yeah you know chip's gonna try to get the the ball to playmakers in space and and let them move and work and uh it's, it'll i'm with you it'll be interesting to see how uh we we game plan for that um you talked about them not having very much rushing success and that they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, the guy that's doing that for them, their starting quarterback is Taylor Powell, uh, for Troy. He's actually a junior transfer from Mizzou. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to lean heavily on him. His stats against uh, against Liberty were not, I mean, they weren't, they weren't bad at all. He was 18 for 25, 211 yards, one touchdown, one interception, um, but not great stats. If if your offense is rushing for 21 uh, yards, only three rushing yards in the second half, uh, you know, it, it makes it tough on the quarterback because at that point the, the run is dead. They know you've got to throw and can key in on that too. So it, it's kind of, uh, like success breeding success uh, there are hard times by not being able to move the ball on the ground translates into uh, making it more difficult for you to pass the ball as well
2: right and as far as the uh, the running backs goes they do have a true freshman named kamani Vidal probably not his name but uh he he leads their team <laughs> in, uh, in yardage and attempts so keep your eye on kamani um, and and from the defensive side Kyle nixon Uh, leads the team in tackles, uh, back there from the safety spot. So, kind of like our version of Malik Shorts, I guess. Um, I think very evenly matched teams. I know we're gonna get these picks in a little bit, but, um, but, you know, uh, looking forward to it, man. This is the first measuring stick game. Well, you know, South Alabama was, but I feel like we're, I feel like we've made (laughs) up a lot of ground. I know it's been two weeks, right? But somehow, uh, I feel like we've found out a little bit about our team. Number one, uh, defense really good against the run, and they're going to be sound. And number two, I believe we have a wild card uh, taking snaps now that's going to help us throughout the season. And our and our go to guys are, are are starting to make some catches. So um, I don't know, man. It's 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 cool. It's nice to be excited, and I sure hope that we can beat these guys. But before we get to the picks for this week and kind of recap what we did last week. Shane, why don't you uh, lead us into the uh, the betting segment here?
3: All right, man. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus using promo code TTT, that is four T's, one, two, five. Oh, I only said three T's, but it is four T's, TTTT, <laughs> one, two, five. Or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT. 200, that is four T's and 200. Bet US, or Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US.
2: Very well done, sir. I'm so glad that you did that. <laughs> uh, and so, so let's recap last week real quick. Uh, so week one, I somehow won. You guys both went three and seven. I went five and five. This past week, uh, you and I went four and six, and Jamie went six and four. So as it is right now, Shane on the year has seven wins, thirteen losses, and Jamie and I both are sitting at nine wins and eleven losses. So clearly, do not take our advice.
3: <laughs> yeah, especially mine. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm definitely coming in last at
3: the, by the end of the year. I'm, I'm calling. That,
2: that's the only thing I'll be right about with all of our picks the entire year is the fact that I'm going to come in dead last.
3: But, well, you know what? I'm smart enough to not really bet in real life because I bet with my heart way too much. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't bet with my head enough. I just, yeah. uh, I go with my gut and that's a terrible way to spend your money. <laughs> no doubt. Well, let's get
2: right into it, man. Uh, so SMU versus Louisiana tech SMU is a 13 and a half point favorite. Jamie has already taken Louisiana tech. What say
3: you 13 and a half points SMU, you know, um, tech did not look great against Southeast Louisiana this last, uh, past weekend. I know Southeast Louisiana is, uh, a, uh, playoff caliber FCS team, but, um, SMU has looked stronger. I doubted them last week and it bit me. I missed on that pick. So I'm going to go SMU with a 13 and a half this week.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I, I uh, so, yeah, SMU drilled North Texas, and um, and they have a quarterback that just throws for a million yards. Um, so I'm with you. I'm going to take uh, SMU as well. Let's go to the next game, which is Middle Tennessee State. Okay, MTSU versus UTSA.
3: That's just way too many alphabets. <laughs> Mutsu versus Utsa. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with UTSA on that one. I just I don't. Uh, I'm not happy that, uh, middle T and that Butsu is, uh, in our <laughs> conference. Um, that nobody cares about Butsu. Uh, they have no fans. They're not a good program. Rick Stockstill is holding them hostage. Uh, I'll be glad the day that we're, we're not associated with them anymore. I'm going with UTSA.
1: I, uh,
2: I I'm in the same ballpark. I have no faith in middle uh, whatsoever, so I will uh, I'll take the road runners in the battle of the alphabet. Beep. beep. <laughs> All right, now we're looking at Old Dominion uh, versus Liberty. Liberty, a 26
3: and a half point favorite. Um, I'm gonna pause for one second for a thump break. Love it. That uh that was a much better thump. That bottle only has one pour out of it because I just opened it yesterday. Sweet. Um, all right. I'm going Liberty and 26 and a half on this one. That's a big point spread, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't have the disdain for, for Odu like I do Mutsu. Um, but they, they're a more respectable program and I think they've got more, uh, potential, uh, but they're not very good. Liberty 26 and a half. You know another, thing, another thing
2: I hate about Old Dominion. Is that they uh, their basketball website or their basketball Twitter handle, I guess, is Odum. <laughs> o D U M B. Odum. dumb Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So that's o so, so so you took who? You took liberty. I took liberty. Damn, we're gonna take all the same stuff. I'm taking liberty who did Jamie too. Take? Uh oh yeah, I forgot about Jamie's pick. Jamie uh, took liberty. Who Jamie take in
3: Mutsu Utsa? Uh
2: U T S A. We're uh, we're exactly the same. Yeah. So far, yeah. all of us. Uh, and and I'm, I'm taking liberty as well. I just uh, – I, 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 you know, the weird thing is the first – when I when I typed this thing in uh, like five minutes before we started, the first thing that popped up when I started to type it into the browser was, is ODU respected? <laughs> and they are not. I'm taking the flames. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah. So. It was crazy. Okay, so ECU versus Marshall. Um, Marshall, a nine-point favorite. We've heard about your love for the East Carolina Pirates this year, but uh, who are you taking in this
3: one? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, East Carolina is a rivalry that I miss. Uh, I've I've talked about this before, uh, but I made the trip up to go to some games in Greenville and, and tailgated with ECU people. ECU people party, folks. They party hard, uh, I really want to go over there and catch a baseball game this spring uh, when things are hopefully settled back down. And uh, I've, I've met some ECU folks up here and, and uh, it's an atmosphere similar to the Pete, uh, the their outfield area isn't as big, but they pile behind that fence uh, the same way and party during the game. So uh, definitely going to go check that out. Uh, the basketball team plays at uh, East Carolina this year, I believe. Um, I may run. be wrong on that, but if they do, I'm absolutely going. It's not that far. It's cool. a, a really easy trip. Um, I think it's like an hour and a half, but it's uh, it's like one turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a long sidetrack to be like, I, I miss playing ECU. They're going through a rough stretch, though, man. I kind of feel for them um, as a respected rival instead of a, a just like – hated rival in my book, uh, but Marshall, Marshall's got a new coach. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I know they had talent coming back, and with nine points at home, I'm going to take Marshall.
2: Got gotcha. you. Jamie took Marshall as well, and, you know, I, 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 um, I hate to do it. I mean, ECU uh, starting off bad. Uh, they're going to lose again this week and go to 0-3. Uh, nine points isn't enough to – To take them, I don't believe so. I have Marshall as well. Uh, Next on the list, halfway done, FIU versus Texas Tech. uh, Jamie took FIU. Texas Tech is a 21-point favorite.
3: Uh, Okay, so it is FIU this week. I'm not going to confuse this with an FAU (laughs) texas Tech matchup. I'm taking Texas Tech in 21 in this. I don't have any faith that uh, FIU just lost at home to Texas State. Uh, I think Texas Tech is better than Texas State, so therefore I'm going with Texas Tech.
2: Right. Um, I'm similar. Uh, there's no question in my mind that FIU is going to lose the football game. Three TDs is, is an awful lot, um, but it's not enough. I got a. I got Texas Tech. We have to break the uh, break it up here in a minute. Somebody's going to have to pick somebody
3: else. Um, uh, Jamie went FIU.
2: He did go FIU. Damn it. Yeah. He knows something we don't. Uh, no, he
3: doesn't. Yeah, he's. he's out I don't know, man. His... He,
2: yeah, he's out in California. He might come back with like frosted tips and uh, I don't know, credit card debt. What he uh,
3: traveled over to the spirit realm <laughs> doing his one of his crystal enema meditation sessions yeah. and and got all the tips on the scores.
2: Man, if he didn't do like at least seventeen hours of yoga this week, I'm pissed off.
3: <laughs> I think he did seventeen hours of yoga today. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, What's the next? Where'd I go? There it is. Okay. Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte versus Georgia State. This is gonna be because it's, it's a close game. Um, Georgia State favored by three. Uh, what you got?
3: Uh, Georgia State's got a good squad. I'm a I'm a believer in uh, what's going on at Charlotte. I think they're you know a, a team on the rise. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, there's there's other topics going on in college football right now. Uh, I don't think. Charlotte is some sleeping giant power waiting to be awoken. Uh, they, they have a ceiling, although they're located in a big city. Um, no, nobody cares. It's, so uh, this is a UNC Duke NC state state with a sprinkling of wake forest. Uh, and then a respectable number of app state and ECU people. There's, there's just not enough room for a large Charlotte fan base. Um, so, Wanted to be clear what I meant by Charlotte's got uh, some potential program on the rise. I am going Charlotte in this game because uh, basically Georgia State's getting the three points for being the home team. Um, I've, I've got faith that Club Lit's going to open up on the road and uh, Charlotte's going to take that one. Nice.
2: Um, Jamie went with Georgia State. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I think I like Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte just beat Duke. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia State lost to Army and North Carolina. Um, hmm. yeah, I, I, really want to take Charlotte, uh, but I don't see them starting the season three and oh. I just, I just, I don't think it can happen.
3: Uh, it would so, be the first time
2: ever. Really? Okay. Yep. Wow. Okay. So I'm taking Georgia State. Um, uh, okay. next game. UAB completely ruined my week last week. Uh, UAB is a 12 and a point favorite uh versus north texas
3: yeah north texas got rolled by SMU. uab got rolled by georgia uh i think uab is the better team they come out a little embarrassed by their performance from last week and take it out on north texas so uh, i think uab at 12 and a half points is my bet
2: yep i got uab uh i think bill clark after taking the, that ass whooping um i would not want to be on the practice field this week but i'm telling you what i just don't see him even allowing them to lose uh this week so i'm uh, taking u a b uh rice versus texas very very interesting matchup uh, in my opinion we, we've kind of talked about rice this year so far thinking that maybe they you know or maybe a, a dark horse within our own conference and um and really gave Houston all they wanted. So uh, who you got versus uh, with uh, with Rice and uh, Texas?
3: We're about to see what the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, who uh, <laughs> woulda, shoulda, coulda of college football, goes because Rice should have beat Arkansas a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then Arkansas turns around and rolls Texas. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, and then Texas turns around and gets 24 and a half points. That makes no sense to me. I'm going Rice.
2: Yep. I've, uh, I've got Rice as well. You know, they um, y- y- you mentioned the games earlier, but uh, yeah, Texas drilled Eulala, la uh, la I think a hammer versus Arkansas. Texas is actually starting a new quarterback this game. Um, so all of that, there seems like there's a little bit of turmoil there. I'm not positive Rice is going to win the game. I'm I'm pretty positive Rice is not going to win the game, honestly. But 24 and a half points is just an awful lot. So, I have Rice. Next on the list, we got two to go here. Next is Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers versus Buffalo. Uh, Jamie went with Coastal Carolina.
3: Uh yeah, I'm going to go with Jamie on that one. Um, Coastal Carolina's got another good squad this year. Um, Buffalo. I don't know much about them, but uh, they're, uh, they, uh, they're not the same Buffalo that made a couple of good seasons uh, a little while back, so I'm going Coastal Carolina.
2: It's a battle of the cool-ass nicknames, in my opinion, because you have the Chanticleers versus the Buffalo Bulls. Yeah. Um, the game is in New York. Coastal's good. They're currently ranked 16th in the country. Um, Twelve and a half. That's a uh, – what is it, ten and a half?
3: Ten and a half. Yeah. Ten and a half. Uh, ten and a half
2: points. That's still a lot um, and, and on the road. So I guess just to break it up with nothing else, and plus I'm getting some points there, I'm going to go with the uh, Bulls. And that brings us to our last pick of the week, and it's the one everybody's been waiting on. So Troy, the Troy Trojans coming into the Rock, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Jamie has taken Sutter
3: Miss. Um, there was something I said. The first week and i mean it <laughs> um i'm never betting against southern miss uh even when the crazy spread comes out for uh the following week's game against bama i'm still going my golden eagles southern miss it is
2: right uh yeah eight and a half at home is a lot uh for me and it just seems like a lot uh, period
3: no matter what the especially since is. we're gonna win the football game
2: yeah i mean i i think that we have a legitimate shot at winning the game and and um you know, there's a lot that we don't know about this football team yet. Um, I mean, could, could, could we win? Yes. Could we lose? Yes. Uh, but. Those are know, the two options. Well, well, well you know, Ty <laughs> I Key, guess we but, could tie. <laughs> yeah. But Ty Keyes is, he's just such a wild card here. And I think he's going to throw, he's gonna, just going to throw a wrinkle into the preparation for Troy. Uh, I think they already had trouble, um, with a quarterback very similar to him. Um, and honestly, as, as brilliant as Chip Lindsey is, I just don't see him lighten up Austin Armstrong and his defense. So obviously I am taking the Eagles. So that part is done for sure. Inching our way towards the end of the program here. Shane, uh, you and I talked a little earlier about, um, about some rumblings in, in, in college football. Uh, The next next round of of realignment is on the way. It's it's so early in the process, but you're hearing some crazy-ass things out there right now. Um, Here's a direct quote from a a, uh, tweet that I read earlier. Even though I think some things might happen, this is how ridiculous it is. I don't even know who the source was, but it (laughs) says, Rumblings from an anonymous source close to the decision-maker say the Sun Belt is a possibility. That's a whole lot of uh, he said, she said, and you know, third uh, person, you know, information, and like what well, you have a lot more thoughts on the realignment uh, process than than I do, I think. But something's going to happen, it seems. Uh, what would be the best situation for Southern Miss to find themselves in?
3: Well, like you said, we've talked about this, so you and I have differing opinions on the path forward here. My preferred path forward hinges on one major thing and that's that no teams from the sunbelt are poached by the AAC. Uh, so if the, the sunbelt remains intact and adds us and, uh, a couple of other pieces, um, the, I believe the tweet that you're referencing, uh, may have been a James Madison tweet where, uh, James Madison would move up Marshall old dominion and Southern miss go to the sunbelt. Um, uh, I'm not crazy about Old Dominion as the fourth team there, but I do. I mean, they're they're in a large area. It's a fertile uh, football ground. Uh, I think they've got potential. They just dumped some money into their stadium not too long ago. They've got one of the biggest budgets in Conference USA. So they definitely could be a player, especially if the Sun Belt was wanting to add some teams specifically kind of Middle East Coast because um, uh, it, it fits right in there. But you know, that's saying – Um, you know, Lafayette stays, Coastal Carolina stays, uh, Georgia State stays. Um, I I would like to see us end up in the Sun Belt. And I say that because the AAC just lost its four best teams. Uh, they're the, I mean, they went down Friday, they're, they're gone. Um, so, what are you joining in the AAC? You're not, the, the media deal is going to be renegotiated. It's not going to be the $7 million a year that they were getting with UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. Um, so you're basically going to a conference to play ECU Memphis and Tulane, which, uh, people used to complain about that conference USA when we were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. so, uh, I, I don't get where where the hype is to to join that again. Um, I, I think the, the the getting the top teams poached from the AAC absolutely gutted it for sure. They're going to try to make a move to replace some teams. I think UAB is probably high on their list. A brand new stadium, major metro area, um, but UAB has got a ceiling too uh, because. There's only going to be a certain number of people in the state of Alabama that aren't paying attention to what Alabama and Auburn's doing and will pay attention to what UAB's doing over that. And uh, it's a unique situation there where the fan bases of those two schools, especially Bama, are so rabid uh, that you know even people not associated with the school at all, are diehards one way or the other. So, uh, UAB, and that's not, not taking away anything from what Bill Clark's doing over there. I mean, ever since they came back from uh, basically self-imposed death penalty, uh, he's he's done a great job with that program. Uh, you'd have to think that one of these days, as he continues to experience success, somebody's going to come along and poach him. And then does UAB continue that trajectory, or do they go back to being UAB with a nice stadium? Um, so. Uh, that's kind of my thoughts on, on why I would prefer the Sunbelt. I, th- I think the Sunbelt with, uh, with an improved Southern Miss and a Marshall, I would like to see, uh, Louisiana Tech maybe instead of Old Dominion. I know that they, like us, are not in a big city and don't have a, a huge athletic budget, but they're competitive year in and year out. They may, uh, not live up to expectations or, or be able to win championships in Ruston. Um, but, uh, they're usually a respectable football team and they're, they're going to, you know, competitive. So um, I'd, I'd like to see us stay in a conference with them, if nothing more than just to continue baseball. But, you know, if that happens, maybe we can keep playing each other occasionally in football and yearly in baseball.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if we completely disagree on I mean, nobody really likes where we are. Right. Um, no. Th- 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 nobody. Yeah, nobody. Nobody likes where we are. Um, I think everybody kind of agrees that we don't want to be here anymore. That, that my my deal is. Um, I mean, UAB's not gone yet. Okay, I'd like to keep them around. I I I, I like having UAB. Uh, I like being able to drive to it. Maybe that's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. I, I like it being able to drive to go watch this, the the Golden Eagles play against people that I feel like. Um, we're kind of the same, you know. I feel like we're, we we have a lot in common with with Louisiana Tech and with um with UAB and with uh, maybe even Lafayette. I mean, you can throw Lafayette in there. Um, you
3: can drive to Lafayette. That's not a terrible drive.
2: Yeah. Um. So when you start mentioning all the East Coast ta- I don't even know what state James Madison's in.
3: Okay. Virginia. It's in. Okay. Harrisonburg, Virginia. I've actually been there a couple of times this year. I've got a customer that is in Harrisonburg, and let me tell you. That campus is nice. Um, oh, it's it's yeah,
2: very I mean, nice. I, I, and I get uh, that. But like when I hear somebody, if somebody says, "Hey man, how you doing?" We're sitting at the bar. I hate to, you know, uh, and they say, "Where'd you go to college?" I say, "Southern Miss." They probably think, "Man, your guy's got a pretty good athletic program." If he says, "James no, they, Madison." They I'm think thinking we're like,
3: Miss, our, <laughs> "No, that will not." Uh, they do. Well, that happens. Eighty-five percent of the time, they're like, "Where'd you go to school?" Southern Miss. They're like, "Oh, Old Miss." I'm like, "No, I said Southern." Really? Miss. Those are wow. Two different schools. Yeah. See, I, I, Every, I've, I've been, been on the opposite side. Knows about Ole Miss.
2: I've been on the opposite side of that a lot, but you know, when somebody says James Madison, I don't immediately I think like Ivy League. Is that an Ivy League school? <laughs> I don't. Do they even have athletics? I have no. Idea. I couldn't tell you what their colors are. Um, I know they have all this money and I get it. Whatever. Maybe they're trying to be like the next Liberty. And after they see them on the football field, maybe I'll change my tune a little bit. But still, even if that happens, I've never been to a game. Of, I've never been to a game with Marshall. Never been to a game yeah. in East Carolina. I, I like the the idea of those two schools. Um, is, as far as I think we have a lot in common, uh, you know, enrollment size and, uh, just, you know, that, 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 that little guy, mid mate, whatever you want to call it, you know, thing that we have going on i like all of that um i don't think that that james madison has that i think they're just trying to kind of buy their way in look at us we have cool stuff we're really rich we'd like to be over there (laughs) and that's not cool with me I, i i'd like to stay regional i'd like and and you mentioned in you know moving into the Sun Belt conference moving into the ac if if that is something that has to happen then i'm cool with it i'm also cool have an entirely new league just CUSA just is over right and yeah. we take some teams from over here and we take some teams from over here and if you're McLean I don't know how you hadn't at least had those conversations with some of these teams nobody likes traveling six states over to play a football game you know nobody likes going from UTEP one weekend to Miami the, the next so that, that, that has to be part of the of the uh the, I, the thought process I would I would think it if nothing else
3: Yeah, ideally, I mean, you take the best from the Conference USA and the best from Sunbelt and maybe a team or two from the American and and do make that conference. That would be ideal. But I, I just don't see that wholesale change happening. And for the good of college football, not that anybody is worried about the good of college football anymore. Uh, it's just going down the shitter. Uh, money's <laughs> ruining everything. Freaking ESPN. I wanted yes. to use a different app for it's there, yours. but this is a family show. Um, it's there. I mean, they're ruining college football with money. Uh, not that money shouldn't be involved, but I mean, uh, I, I guess everything in the end gets ruined for money because greed just takes over and not just college football, but it's sad to see um, that, that, what the things that make college football special are not the same things that make pro football special, and ESPN is trying to turn the they're trying to take part of college football and turn it into mini pro football, and I don't like it at all. But sure. I don't like what ESPN's been up to for like two decades now. So um, one thing I did wanted to say is I, I want to take up for James Madison a little bit here because I I, I know a little bit about them solely because my brother-in-law and sister-in-law that live like 10 minutes from us here, both went to James Madison. So I've actually watched some James Madison football games with my brother-in-law, especially when they play North Dakota state. Uh, I go over to, to their house and he's got a theater room in their gigantic house upstairs, uh, with a wall size TV. And, uh, I cheer on the bison and, and, uh, pick on him. But, uh, they have a good size athletic budget. It's in the mid 40 millions, which is, you know, almost double, double what ours is. But it's not that they're a rich school um, per se. Uh, they're not like a Liberty that's throwing a war around fallwell money uh, trying to buy their way into conferences. Uh, they're a cream of the crop top of the FCS team year in and year out. They're involved in the national championship hunt uh and if a team is going to move up from fcs to fbs they definitely qualify they their stadium is very nice it only seats like twenty-five thousand, but uh our our crowd the other day would have been a capacity stadium there but they just expanded it to get to that and only like one side of the stadium is big and the other has small uh permanent like brick building bleachers it's nice but there's room for them to get even bigger.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and, and they take their football seriously. James Madison fans, uh, are, are big James Madison football fans and they've got a program to be proud of. Uh, not that, a, a transition to the higher level of college football is ever super easy, but, uh, if somebody could do it, they're definitely a candidate. Sure. And, you
2: know, and that, that's just, you know, shows my ignorance of, of of the, of the landscape just not knowing where they are or anything, but it's still, I'm still not driving over there. I still don't know. Now, if something, if if something happened where we could have an East side and a West side, and we never really play those other teams on that side, except for in a championship, I could get behind something like that. That would have to be some sort of a super uh, merger, uh, like you were talking about earlier, but between a couple of conferences, but who knows, man, anything's possible these days. Uh, the, the way this thing shifts, uh, Everything is literally a possibility.
3: So. Yeah. Um, the the way that that James Madison, you know, source from a source from a source that played telephone with 20 people in the nursing home <laughs> and, and heard this news uh, the way that they put it was that all of those teams would be joining Sunbelt East. Troy would move over to the West and they would all be the East division. So the, I guess that would make uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, Monroe, Arkansas State, uh, South Alabama, Troy, Southern Miss. And who's the team I'm missing from the Sun Belt there? South, did I say South Alabama already? Louisiana, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, Monroe, Arkansas State, Troy, South Alabama, Southern Miss. Yeah, I'm missing somebody that would be in that division because that would make, I believe, a 14-team league. Yeah, anyway, and, 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 and that would be something to, to think about. Uh, yeah. But, Can we take uh, Louisiana Monroe out of that and bring Tech in? I mean, yes. Tech would love that. Although oh, I yes. don't know how happy they'd be about being with Lafayette. The, all those schools have, have big panties in a wad complexes over being in conferences with
0: each other.
2: Yeah, I, I have no interest in keeping Louisiana Monroe. Uh, no. But, I mean, they don't. Anyway, I don't even think they would. You know, I think they're just staying out of it. They're like, hey, we're just going to wait. You know,
3: <laughs> If we don't make any noise, maybe they'll forget about us over here and keep right. us in the conference. As, as much of a case as James Madison has for moving up to FBS, you can make that same case of why Louisiana Monroe needs to drop down to FCS. Oh, sure. and speaking of Louisiana Monroe, shout out to my brother, Tyler Lott, uh, just accepted a job in Louisiana in Monroe uh, and is, is moving to Monroe next week wow well
2: yeah. congrats maybe he'll be a warhawk fan
3: oh one of the apartments that he sent me that he's looking at is like three quarters of a mile straight shot down the street from one of the stadiums um or the football stadium not one of the stadiums i don't know where those words came from but i was like yeah if you get that you get bored on a saturday they're playing you could literally walk down the street he's a big bulldog guy um he actually, I had him convinced to come to Southern Miss. It's my fault. That's why I don't hold it against him. He did graduate from state. He was going to come to Southern Miss until I moved to North Carolina. And then when I moved out of Hattiesburg, he got cold feet and backed out wow. and followed some friends to Starkville.
2: Gotcha. Well, cool, man. Well, let's get to these other sports real quick. Do some shout yeah. outs and get out of here. Um, so the other, No, so I, all I, night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know the golf. uh golf had a really uh, – well, they actually have one more day to go. Um, the golf is, is looking good right now. Golf had a very nice day on day one. Uh, and I believe that after day two, they're in fifth place in the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate over there. I believe it's been hosted in, in Ruston. And um, final rounds of tomorrow. The Eagles currently sit in fifth place, uh, just three shots behind LSU and seven behind the uh, leader UTSA. So got a real shot at this thing. Tons of teams in it. It's nice to be uh, mentioned with um, with some of the big dogs.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, golf uh, seems to be on the rise at Southern Miss. They've got nice facilities over there at Hattiesburg Country Club. I'm sure that helps recruit better players. That's a beautiful course, and the the Southern Miss facilities that they added, you know, are, are just a uh, you know icing on the cake there. Uh, but as you said. Uh, they currently sit in fifth after the second round ended today. Uh, they ended the first round tied for second. Uh, they were one stroke back from <laughs> Houston. That was the leader yesterday. Hunter Atkins had the low score in the first round of 69. And then he followed that up uh, low score for the Eagles. Uh, I, I should specify there. And then he followed that up today, shooting a 68. Um, so. Uh, as you said, uh, fifth after the second round, they fell a little bit today, but it's not because the Eagles played worse. Uh, they're actually seven under for the tournament. I believe they were three under for the day yesterday, four under for the day today. So played a stroke better. It's just they, they've got some good teams that they're playing with, uh, but definitely within striking difference of a uh, strike, striking difference. So it's, you can tell I'm three thumps in. Um <laughs> A striking distance from uh from winning this thing uh on mm-hmm. uh tuesday the 14th uh is, is probably when this will come out again if jamie's done with his meditation uh crystal enema sessions he'll get it edited and and out to the people um but yeah uh, men's golf uh participating in their first uh tournament of the season Um, Other sports we had uh, going on last week, or should I say should have been going on last week, uh, soccer traveled to Mississippi State. And that match was canceled at the last minute. It's They didn't specify, but it sounds like it was uh, COVID issues with the Mississippi State soccer team. Instead, uh, our ladies stayed in Starkville and got some practice in uh, on their field since so they were there with their equipment and then uh, came back to the Berg. Uh, but next up this week, they kick off uh, Conference USA Play uh, Thursday, uh, September 16th. They start Conference USA Play at Charlotte down the road from me. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, September 19th, uh, they have Marshall there in Hattiesburg. So the Lady Eagles currently sit at 4-2, zero, 0 and Conference USA play uh, but that will change next week. Uh, other sports going on. Volleyball had just not a great week last week. I feel sorry for uh, the ladies. They they played in the Jacksonville State Invitational. Uh, they were five and two going into that tournament and left five and five. Lady Eagles dropped all three matches. Uh, Friday, September tenth, they fell to South Alabama one to three, of course. Uh, and then played. Yeah, uh, dude, it, it's real. The South of the Jag Curse is real. Um, I don't know what we've got to do. Uh, do we have to uh, strip Womack down naked and uh, beat him with a, a water hose on the 50-yard line? Yeah, I think, about uh, that. I think we need a live chicken. It's <laughs> a live chicken. Yeah, hats for bats. Keep bats warm. Um, but, yeah, it's a, can we do t- like how long do we just have to put a, a scheduling freeze on South Alabama to make it the curse go away? When can we start fresh again? Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, on Saturday, Eagles uh, Lady Eagles didn't fare any better. S- uh, Saturday, September 11th, first matches of the day, they fell two to three to Nichols, and then uh, dropped one to three to Jacksonville State. Uh, next up this week, the Lady Eagles host the Southern Miss Classic number two. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they held the first one friday september 17th they play uh eastern kentucky university at twelve thirty. Or that may just be east kentucky and so the eastern who knows i'm not going to even apologize for that um and then uh, again uh, that's at twelve thirty, and then at seven o'clock on friday they play lamar and then turn around on saturday september the 18th and play chattanooga at one um Oh, I didn't mention uh, because the the men's golf tournament isn't over yet. They still have uh, the third round on the 14th to play to find out. But next uh, tournament up for the men will be uh, a week from uh, recording day, which is is Monday. They'll they'll be involved in a tournament at the Husky Invitational Gold Mountain Cascade hosted by Washington uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, not Washington University in St. Louis. Missouri, Uh, that is Monday, September 20th, uh, and Tuesday, the 21st. So I guess one of those days they're going to play two rounds of golf. That doesn't sound fun. Hmm. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, Women's golf did not play this past weekend, but they will start the same days that the men are playing next week. They will be in the Hoover Classic at Hoover Country Club, hosted by UAB. And that is also Monday the 20th and Tuesday the 21st. And then uh, finally, again, uh, no action for the cross-country team this weekend, but this Friday, September 17th, uh, cross-country kicks off their season at the North Alabama Showcase at the University of North Alabama in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, And that's all I got on uh, Other Sports.
2: Total deal. I guess we'll go right into shout-outs now. I I have a few shout-outs. I just want to give a shout-out to Jordan Hall. He was the uh, ticket recipient um, that that we gave out uh, last week. I saw him over at Junior Eagle Funland. Um, And uh, let's see here. Uh shout out okay, so, so shout out to Kirk's dad, like Kirk uh Kirk Overby that tailgates with us. Um his dad, Mr. Don, a huge Golden Eagle fan. He doesn't make it to a lot of games anymore, but he graduated from Southern Miss way back in the day. Love listening to all his stories and um and it was nice to see uh the Chief once again. Uh shout out to Spoon. Spoon walked right by us in the end zone, it was really cool. Um and that's always neat to see, you know, those Golden Eagle greats. He's literally the goat, right, of, of the basketball in, in some yeah. of his history. He's, there's, it's unquestioned. In football, you can, you know, there's a few guys you can throw up there. In basketball, there's one dude, and he walked right by, and he loves the Golden Eagles, so I think it's really cool. Um, shout out to my good buddy, uh, and fellow Simekai, Wesley Dickens, came down to our seats down there and spent a few minutes talking. And, uh, shout out to, uh, Amanda Butler Lee. She entertained my dad all night long, right behind me, and took a really cool picture I sent to you and Jamie earlier. Um, when the team ran out, I didn't even know she took it, but she DM'd me, so that was really cool. Great to see Amanda everybody. Amanda
3: Butler-Lee, you better get out of Bump's DMs. I'm going <laughs> to tell Robert.
2: <laughs> hey, by
3: the way, her husband, best beard I've ever seen in my life. Dude, yeah, Rob, look, uh, Amanda and Robert are some of the nicest people on the planet. They're good friends of ours. Uh, We used to go to a lot of concerts, uh, especially Dave Matthews concerts with them and Brad and Jessica Cornett. They are super fun people, super nice people, giant Golden Eagle fans. Sure. uh, Cool people to sit by at football games. They like to party. Robert's a beautiful man, and he's got the manliest, (laughs) thickest beard you've ever seen in your life. Yes, he does. Indeed.
2: Do you have any shout outs?
3: Um, a, a couple of things I want to mention before shout outs. We uh, just didn't touch on them earlier, but a couple of things to note uh, came up today that Tyler Barnes, a uh, uh, cornerback for the Golden Eagles, is entering the transfer portal. Uh, he was eighth in the team last year with tackles was 75, saw a lot of action, but so far this season, the first two games has only recorded one tackle. Uh, so it looks like with, uh, some of the new guys that, that we had come in, maybe took some playing time and him being uh-huh. a, uh, senior slash grad transfer, uh, looking to play a little bit somewhere his last year so wish tyler the best of luck hopefully he lands somewhere that's a good fit for him we appreciate his time in the black and gold uh the other thing that i want to mention is today the uh, channel and time was announced for the bama game uh that is the following weekend uh, of the troy game in tuscaloosa uh, that game is going to be at six thirty and will be broadcast on the sec network um and then going into shout-outs, uh, you were talking earlier about how delicious uh, Gold Rush beer was uh, and that it sold out so quickly. Uh, Josh Cavanaugh, uh, our buddy Josh Cavanaugh, who donated some of the tickets that were mm-hmm. given away last week, uh, texted me a picture earlier while we were talking where he was drinking a Gold Rush at his house and uh, was talking about how much he was enjoying it. So shout-out to you, Mr. Cash Cavanaugh. Uh, hope you're enjoying that beer. Have uh, a couple more for me. Um, and then, uh, I guess the last thing I have to talk about is I had, uh, three thumps tonight. Um, well, we'll call it two and a half because that poor smoke wagon's almost empty and it's just weak. Uh, but, uh, the first one tonight was a rebel yell single barrel, uh, 10 year old, um, really good whiskey, hundred proof. Uh, then the second thump was some smoke wagon, uncut, unfiltered from smoke wagon distilling out in Las Vegas, Nevada. They actually take uh whiskey that is distilled by MGP, which is a company in Indiana, Midwestern Grain Products. Uh and then they further age in Las Vegas in their warehouses and then bottle into batches. Uh and the guy Aaron out there that runs Smoke Wagon does a phenomenal job of blending these batches. It's incredible whiskey. Uh if if you see it they're in a beautiful Uh, right now they're clear bottles because they ran out of brown and with global supply chain issues, uh, they've been using the bottles that they put their vodka in, uh, for whiskey as well. But it's a beautiful brown. Uh, Italian glass bottle that's got like vines and flowers that are like raised in it. It's it's really cool. Uh, it's a good looking bottle, but the bottle's not only good looking. It's uh it's great Indiana distilled, uh, Las Vegas Nevada aged bourbon as well. And then uh, the third thump of the night was a uh, I don't even really know how to say this. This is my first bottle of their stuff. It's it's a uh, Company called Phenomenal Spirits, but they put out a rye whiskey where it's, uh, RY in the number three instead of an E. Uh, but some friends of mine that are in a, a whiskey group here that I'm a member of, uh, do some single barrel picks and they, uh, they got a cast strength rye whiskey, uh, from, from these folks at, at Phenomenal Spirits. That's a blend of three different rye whiskeys, but they do it at cast strength. So it's 120.8 proof. Uh, and what, there's like really smooth and crazy honey and orange and, uh, it's, it's dangerous, uh, to be 120 proof. This stuff's going to hurt me. Uh, but oh, and, uh, uh, on the smoke wagon, I missed that one. That one is 58.12% alcohol. So that's, uh, a little over 116 proof on, uh, on that one. And, uh, I'll, I'll make a, a whiskey comment and then I'll shut down my mouth for the night, but I drink my whiskey neat, Uh, but if, if you pay for your whiskey and you want to drink it with water or ice or Coca-Cola classic, you do you boo boo, uh, that's your whiskey. (laughs) Nobody can tell you how to drink it.
2: Love it. Well, man, uh, I guess that's about it for tonight. We've went on for quite a while. Um, so I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, special thanks to Jamie for letting us uh, do this thing. It went on for so long that I don't think he's going to let us do it anymore. Uh, but if you like the show, uh, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. <laughs> Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. And Katie Case Bailey, realtor extraordinaire. Something Alabama, to show, something to list, something USC to sell. Call today 601 no
1: 408 You have lots of things to offer but southern Mississippi, but you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured. Far away when it comes to playing football Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU you play a good game of football but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you.